Hi. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to Lucas. Fuck. Uh, welcome to Goofin. <laughs> I'm Luke Gaston. Boy, 26 episodes. Can't get that right. Welcome to Goofin. I'm Luke Gaston. Welcome to Gaston. I'm Goofin. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the show. Thanks for being here. Hope you're all doing good. Happy Valentine's Day. Do y'all want to be my Valentine? Man, I've spent most of my life single. Surprise. Uh, and I was a fat nerd for so long. So long. Just nothing but ho-hos and StarCraft, baby. <laughs> so when I come out of my hole every Valentine's Day, every couple of years, I'd be like, I'm going to try and get a date for Valentine's Day. And I would just go like, excuse me, miss. And she'd just go, no. And I'd be like, all right. It's all a ruse by Big Chocolate out there to sell more shugs. I'm going to take off this tinfoil hat I made out of Hershey's Kisses, and let's start the show. What do you say? Oh, boy. My guest today, super funny comic out of Denver, Colorado, a regular of the Denver Comedy Works, and he runs the Comedy Works New Faces Comedy Competition in downtown Denver. Put your hands together. Let's hear it for Elliot Woolsey. Goofin. Goofin. No? Just goofin. Uh. <laughs> uh, this is only like my third Zoom call ever. Really? Yeah. That's lucky, dude. Have you done a Zoom comedy show? No, I... I got asked maybe three or four times near the beginning of the pandemic, and I just I couldn't pull the trigger, man. All respect to anybody who did, but <laughs> it's just not what I'm looking for in a stand-up experience. <laughs> oh, oh my god, I did like two and a half because I, I was like I bailed on one halfway through. Uh, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> you're just going, you're just talking to your computer alone in a room. Yeah. Stand-up's one of those things. It's not like playing a guitar where you can just kind of do it and people listen. Like you need, there's a feedback loop that has to happen that just can't happen. Yeah. Over over Zoom call. Oh man, I just I get anxious even thinking about <laughs> doing it. Man, I can't like I can't imagine like how you adjust your performance to just plow through. Get I more animated, get from, less animated. I've seen people do the best I've seen is people just abandon stand up and they make like puppet shows and skip. <laughs> yeah. And that's like yeah. way better for the medium because you have this square that you have to play with. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen people recite their act that I saw at Comedy Works and then I see it in a <laughs> in a Zoom show and I'm just like, oof. Yeah. This really needs yeah, the stage. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it doesn't just stand up as like a, a one-way oratory. Like you need you need that peer pressure of people around you that are drunk also laughing. Like, yeah, that's yeah. all part of it. Oh, the worst was like you, you could just hear other people breathing, like a guy like a guy heavy breathing. <laughs> <in the room. laughs> oh God. Yeah, like how did that is everybody on mute as well, or is everybody they're supposed to be, but then they have designated laughers. Did you not hear about this? <laughs> so some people. I think are like, you told me about this when we were at the the show a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, where 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 there were like five people that were allowed to be in the room, and they were the they were the crew of Jimmy Kimmel that's forced to sit there and laugh, right? Like, yeah, brutal. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'd rather just I'd rather just wait for things to come back. Yeah, I I've, think I've. I've done comedy hi hiatuses before. I'd rather just be patient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then you have like a broken piece of what you used to love. And you're just, uh... Yeah, I think yeah that I think that Zoom so sh show shit would haunt me. Like, <laughs> there's yeah. people trying to make comedy clubs out of it. 
it's just, it's just not stand up. Like you have to do something like puppets or something more of a visual medium, like hand tricks or like, you know, close up magic or something. Cause it's just not, it's just not, you have to call it something different almost. You have to do anything not that's not stand up to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like you have to, I don't know, maybe people write essays or like persuasive speeches and that would make like a good zoom show people making, or like the maybe moth storytelling is something that could work over zoom. Yeah. Where, where the main priority isn't filling the room with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> ted talky yeah, yeah 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 i guess so yeah <laughs> well hey sorry well, i brought you up as andy main last show oh <laughs> uh, that's just glad to be out there man glad to be anybody <laughs> I, I, was was, like, <laughs> I was shotgunning I, we were doing shotguns so comics were bringing up comics and i i i was like looking at you and i'm like well andy's up next right because i just had like the first set in forever so my head's exploded from doing stand-up yeah. again and yeah. I just see you walking up as I'm saying her podcast. And I'm like, why is he doing that? Yeah, it's uh, it's always funny when shit like that happens. You know what I mean? Like, I like stuff going wrong because it's, you know, it gets boring. You know, intros and shit like that are, are boring and stupid anyway. So if it's a wrong intro, at least it gives you something to talk about when you get up there. The first thing I said I did at Comedy Works, they called me Zach Gaston. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That <laughs> was that, like, whatever, whoever was hosting? Yeah, just whoever. No, actually, it was funny because whoever was hosting went back to get promoted to an A-list and they had someone oh. else fill in for hosting. Yeah. And he just like, what's your name? I'm like, Luke. And he's like, okay. And he goes up and says, Zach Guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, was that the last promotions? Uh, no, that was a long time ago. That was like oh, 2000. Was That's when D-Rod got promoted. And, oh, okay. Like, yeah. That yeah. gaggle. The last yeah the no era. i always i always like when shit goes wrong and intros go wrong i've blanked on uh performer's name before like when i was supposed to bring him up at comedy works on like a, on a friday night show where i had to like literally look back and be like what's your name again oh that's right uh yeah <laughs> uh dave Chappelle, everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's always when you're most excited, you know, and distracted yeah. by other things, you know, that's totally. when the mind, the mind can go blank. Especially if you have like a crusher set, you forget who you are. You're just floating. And then, totally. Oh, that's right. This is a job. Totally. Yeah. Or if they have a, a really tough name and I'm hosting that gets into my head too, because I'll repeat it to the point where I play telephone with myself where like the first three times I say to myself, I probably did it right. But by like the 15th time, I'm saying, you know, Shazir Zamata's name wrong or some shit like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's a nightmare for me too. I, you know, my, my real last name is Beadshide. No my kidding. My name is Gaston. And the first open mic, I was like, they were like, what's your name? Like Luke Beadshide. And they're like, you sure? That, that's your name. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's, I, that's funny. I almost went with my middle name too. Cause my middle name is Edward. I was like, maybe Elliot Edwards would be easier because no one gets Wolsey. Right. Yeah. Wolsey. They go Wolsey. That's it. Yeah. yeah. The, it's a lot easier for the mouth to say the S before the L mm -hmm. Wolsey as opposed to Wolsey. That's a harder turn. Yeah. 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 Like two first names works pretty good. Usually. Yeah. That Luke Gaston. I like that. Elliot Edwards was a little like too sing-songy, a little too like double E, like I don't know. 
Yeah, I yeah, and I didn't make up Gaston. That'd be gross. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone did. Yeah. So, and you're about probably the age when the animated Beauty and the Beast came out. So yeah, no, no. are you? I'm, I'm 29. So yeah, that was about 30 years ago, wasn't it? Uh oh. Well, no. I'm named after my great grandpa. My middle name oh, okay. is yeah, but I was probably. I was named after a Disney movie, so I'm projecting. <laughs> Which one? Well, I guess E.T. isn't a Disney movie, is it? Uh, a fantasy movie like a Disney movie. <laughs> I think that's Spielberg, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was named after E.T. Really? That's awesome. My, yeah, my name was going to be Edward. And then my parents went and saw E.T. and like the name Elliot. They're like, that lonely little boy with no friends except an alien. Nice. They're like, that's, they that's were gonna inspired. Be yeah, <laughs> totally. How was your... You're telling me about, uh, you're telling the crowd last show. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but like you had shingles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got shingles, man. And I heard after that show, uh, someone made a post on Facebook about how they also got shingles and they think it was COVID related, maybe because of a, an, a compromised immune system. Whoa. And there were some rashes that were appearing with some COVID symptoms, at, you know. So they kind of connected COVID with getting shingles. And I wonder if mine was connected too, because I started working Whoa. at a place where I was exposed to the public a lot more. And almost immediately within two weeks of working there is when I first started getting the rash that turned into full-blown old man chicken pox. <laughs> <laughs> old man chicken pox sounds like a guy down the by the river <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> old man chicken pox anti-vaxxer he was uh, <laughs> yeah uh, well, that sucks was, dude it was it was the single worst thing that's ever happened to me man it was it was painful and it was gross and it was bad timing like it was i was in the er on christmas day <sighs> um yeah like the, I still itch from it. I don't, I don't know. Like there's still some, uh, some markings on my neck going down my chest, but it covered my chin down my neck. And these are just blisters, just, Ooh. yeah, just awful, awful blisters. And then it went down my chest like this, like a streak, I guess it follows kind of nerve meridians. That's and crazy. So, yeah. So I, it looked like I just scratched myself and then blisters popped up. It was, it was awful and it took about two weeks before it even felt close to being normal so you got covid shingles you think i don't know i don't know unconfirmed wow. man unconfirmed but i think it's but i but i do know that you know i took lockdown seriously like from march until november i mean i was in the house a lot like i was you know quarantining myself along with my partner and you know, the second I got a job where I was interacting with people on a regular basis, you know, still social distance, still masks and everything, but just out in public within a week, you know, I just wonder if my immune system was just like, what the fuck? And yeah. just exploded. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. you went from always being around 300 people. Yeah, yeah. yeah none yeah. and fucking gross like my immune system was set man i was in green rooms <laughs> and at comedy clubs and like yeah at bars and shit like that i was set to go and then <sighs> i just went into the the covid cocoon man 
<laughs> it yeah, did, it, you stayed working, right? I had to work. Uh, I basically started working yeah, in April, pretty much, at my old foundry job. Yeah. And I was planning on quitting that job a long time ago, and then COVID hit, and I was like, well, I should probably not like leave a certain yeah. job. But yeah, I worked with like, a bunch of old. There's a bunch of old dudes and women at a foundry, though, and they don't go out. So I was just kind of like, cool. It wasn't yeah. like talking to people. It was my own little hut. I got to make stuff. Right. Right. That's good. You're still getting a paycheck and everything. Yeah. And I've gone to like getting an animating job. So I just, I work in this room from home in my pajamas every morning. It's like, that's incredible, man. And is that doing animation on your computer or is that like hand drawn? It's, no, it's, it's like the stuff you see on ESPN where it's like the fucking, if you watch ESPN, next time you watch ESPN, the stuff yeah. before and after everything is what I do. They're like, update. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really? You have, to make the, you have to make the sound effects or it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they hired you. You are a sound effects man. Because <laughs> <laughs> you used to do radio, right? I did uh, I did a little bit in college. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do the... I, was, I got into college doing radio when radio was for sure dying. Just... Yeah. Like one well, person, and then you jumped into radio. comedy, stand up comedy, which was also <laughs> turns out <laughs> not dying, <laughs> it just it just got straight murked. Yeah, it got uppercutted out of existence for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, who knew we'd be the first to go? Like, they never put that in any like disaster movies. How, like, the, the first casualty is like the arts, like, if you see like ballets getting canceled the world's fucked yeah <laughs> yeah where the the arts are the canary in the coal mine it's the mm -hmm. first to be like funny. It, it totally is too it's the funny thing is like i think uh co like comedians are the first to lose their jobs and the last to get vaccinated probably oh yeah that's probably true like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> like who could we, who would we feel comfortable skipping in front of like <laughs> yeah what are you oh yeah oh uh, <laughs> probably yeah. make it super super non-essential yeah let's just get all the audience vaccinated and then yeah 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 comedy's a luxury man did you was it weird you because you got you started working with comedy works and you're like all right fucking doing it comedy paycheck here we go and then man covid hit and you're is it just are you gonna get be able to go back to do that sometime or... Well, we'll see, man. I mean, everything is, everything is up in the air, you know? Yeah. Uh, I know that the club is just, you know, struggling to survive like every other venue. Mm -hmm. I imagine there's some government stuff. I mean, Wendy's savvy. I'm, I'm sure that if there was anything that the club's qualified for that, that she's doing everything possible. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I hope to. It's crazy how naive I was. Last March, when things got shut down, we were in the middle of doing the Funny Final Four, Roger and I's first Funny Final Four. Yeah. And things were humming along, and we were kind of starting to get ready to go for the contest, and then everything got locked down. And I was super naive. I was like, okay, we got to do, you know, 30 days to stop the spread, whatever. We'll be popping again. You know, maybe April will be a little slow, but by May, June, we're going to be cranking again. So I was actually sending emails to Roger and Wendy being like, okay, here's how we can cut down the contest. So instead of going from, you know, March until October, we can do June from October if we do this, this, and this. And they're just like, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And, and when June came around, I just felt real, real dumb. Like I had 
I was so naive about how long this would last. Yeah. So when that happened, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to wait until. <laughs> I think either you were naive or like me or like a lot of people or the whole country denial that like, I don't know, we're going to be doing masks for how long? Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn. But I mean, uh, Roger Hack got it right away. He was one of them to, to be like, when I sent that email about the June stuff, he's like, that's, that's not happening, man. Like, this is a, this is, this is a big fucking deal. Yeah. So I, who I was planning knew? on, yeah, who knew I was planning on doing a 10 year anniversary of Hody's. This is fucking hilarious. Yeah. I was doing a 10 year anniversary of the open mic at Hody's was going to be in March 16th. And yeah. <laughs> that's when everyone shut everything down. And like, like that week too yeah because i think the last time i performed was like the 11th or something like that so yeah right around then right around then and i was like can't wait for this show gang and everyone's like freaking out like we shouldn't do a show especially because yeah like, and i was like all yeah. right and i was like postpone and then hodies goes under and i was like okay <laughs> i cursed it <laughs> just just immediately they did were they were they just ready to, to yeah cut and run right away i think yeah they were their comedy was keeping hodies alive early on like later on that's your that's your first sign of trouble yeah it's not good (laughs) (laughs) you know you know something i always say when someone opens a new mic a new open mic on a friday night at a bar i'm like that that bar has six months left if they're if they're doing comedy nights on friday or saturday night they're in big trouble <laughs> dude unless it's like an open mic and an oil rig town where like who knows what the weekend is like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like downtown denver if like you know you're dead yeah i think there was an open mic at angelo's pizza on like saturday nights and i was like oof Rough. and then sure enough <laughs> yeah this was even before <laughs> the pandemic he was like yeah that's uh yeah, if you're yeah turn- been- but so anyway com- comedy was propping up hoodies oh yeah uh propping up hoodies and then because like monday night was the open mic night that we were hosting there and yeah they'd pull in good money but the rest of the things were like you know the the funk trip slap band from wherever the hell was coming to town yeah otherwise yeah. but it stinks that's that's yeah. pretty much it <laughs> but yeah. venues closing stinks yeah it sucks so we'll see and now i'm like you know, I see some places open up, like the, the Comedy Forge just opened up, right? Yeah, and man. They're doing shows. I see that Comedy Works is scheduling some shows in March. So maybe downtown or downtown? No, or? down south, man. I think downtown will be like the last thing to open because it is the it's the last thing you want with these conditions. It's too you know? good at comedy. That It's so good yeah. at comedy, it's... Can you think about that? How much disease has comedy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you think this is the first super spreading event potentially happening? Like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. Like I think back to all the pipes that have been shared by the back stairs and like all the people, <laughs> all the winters where people are just coming in during flu season and just like packing in. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Again, I'm surprised more disaster movies don't start in a comedy club. We're just like, <laughs> You know, those old 90s movies where it would start with like a person coughing and it would follow the mist yeah. around and stuff like yeah. that. In a world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like the comedian, like telling a joke and the crowd laughs. And you just see like moisture sprays everywhere. <laughs> it was the perfect night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Same too. laughs> yeah. That's so, funny. Yeah. I think that'll be the last open. 
how many people because i remember like just sharing a joint with like i don't know four or five people at an open mic so gross oh my god and pipes too the glass pipes that which is gnarlier i think the joint can get gnarlier sometimes yeah i think i i think the the joint just shows the moisture that's it like holds the moisture but there's just as much moisture on like the glass you know what i mean like oh yeah because a joint is one and done and a pipe has just been you don't know where that's been passed around yeah yeah have you ever cleaned a pipe oh yeah i that used to be my job all my friends (laughs) pulled a huckleberry fin on me when i was like you know 18 19 we're like man you are so good at fucking cleaning out pipes like no one gets out the resin like you dog and i was like yeah fucking give me your pipe i'll do yours i fucking I was just cleaning everybody's pipe, but yeah, it's, uh, you didn't get it for, you didn't get paid for cleaning a little pipe. No, I mean, we just smoked the resin after Cause back then, you know, you could go through weed droughts, not like today. And you, and you were for, and you were forced to smoke resin. Some kids don't remember that. I'm here's the thing. I'm probably one of the first, uh, kids to when I started doing weed, doing the weed, I was 22 years old. (laughs) yeah in in colorado so it's just like as much as going down to the old store saying hi to my neighbor and getting right from the get-go huh yeah yeah so i didn't ever had the i never had to meet anyone who had like a weird had too big of a dog and a gun at all yeah Yeah, no my my first weed smoking experiences were like a friend who had a stepdad who grew it and she would like sneak into his weed closet and like break off a branch <laughs> and we would like scoff at that swag. The first time I got to see you do stand up was in Nebraska at Scott's Bluff. What? Oh, was that re- the like fairly recent one? Like, yeah, where it was okay with Pogue and everything. With Pogue, and it was you and Dan Jones. <laughs> Dan Jones, hell yeah. Danny Jones out in the woods or out in the bluff. Yeah, that was that, cool. That was like the first time I was ever doing stand-up in nebraska and like early on i'm like i have no idea if this joke's gonna work here kind of yeah. stuff but yeah. fun show they were yeah they were a, a a perfect comedy crowd man sometimes those small towns can be the best because they're they're respectful, they're respectful they are appreciative of it mm-hmm. um they're not uh i don't know they're not as like entitled that makes sense you know they're they're yeah they're ready to laugh they're a little dumber (laughs) (laughs) they're a little more simple (laughs) like your your opening joke was like oh i gotta hand it to scott that's quite a bluff up there (laughs) (laughs) and it killed standing ovation (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think yeah i forget what the joke was but it was something that that it was like yeah i attributed ownership of the bluff to scott's like apostrophe s yeah like and where yeah i like it, his bluffs it blew that town's mind that night yeah that was that was a fun show i i like that whole trip yeah i i want to do it again but i don't know when, oh you have a kitty cat oh yeah <laughs> can you see him or just hear him i just heard him the cutest meow yeah this is Finn. Finn. You have it. You have pets. I got a dog named Mozzie. Mozzie. Yeah. Oh, that's a cutie. Yeah. He's if my I, guy. I, if I 
I love cats, but if I pet it, I'm going to be sneezing and horking in like five minutes. That's a bummer, man. Yeah. I grew up with I think, uh, Yeah, I think I was a little allergic. And I think in the springtime a little bit, when maybe they shed a little bit more, have more dander, I react to them a little bit. But luckily, yeah. luckily I can be around them. I love cats. I love dogs, too. Big fan. Do you like lizards? <laughs> <laughs> i mean i had a turtle named et growing up that's not a lizard is that a that's not a lizard reptile? what class is it they're reptile yeah. they're reptile they're reptile hell yeah that's a hard one that's a tricky one that would be on yeah. a test in like fifth grade <laughs> did you watch saturday night live last weekend no with the oh it was um who's hosting the dan levy from schitt's creek the creator the oh yeah word yeah, he was the host. He was really funny. But they did a spoof on like the It Gets Better videos that they used to do. And it was like Kate McKinnon and she was hilarious. And she was like, you know, they say it, get be- it, it gets better and, and it does, but some things get worse. Like um, my kids wanted an iguana and I got them one and then it kept growing and growing and now I'm stuck with this fucking iguana. And, <laughs> and so the whole video is like an It Gets Better but it kind of doesn't video and she's just bitching about having this like dinosaur living in her house and like shitting on her couch and shit. It was really funny. That's a good premise. I, I was blown away one time. Uh, my, my radio show in college was called super sweet 16 and pregnant was the name of the show. <laughs> nice. Timely. Yeah. yeah. And the, I saw a year, <laughs> a year later after my show's over, I see on Saturday night live, they had a skit about being super sweet 16 and pregnant. And I was like, Hey, Hey, oh. doesn't it feel good though. When it like, you see your idea and you're like, mm, that we're, we're on the same track. I'm on the yeah. same track as Saturday Night Live writers. What was your first open mic? The, there was a place called The Laughing Bean. It was a little coffee shop down on Santa Fe. That was my very first open mic. I actually started doing comedy through a comedy class at the Blue Cow. Uh, what's it called? The Bovine Theater. You, was dude, a, I did too. Did you really? Yeah, I did all five levels. Oh, you did the improv. So Jake yeah. Sharon, who is a comedian that was in Denver for a long time, uh, did comedy classes through them. No shit. And he had a com- a midnight comedy show there called Blue Cow Five. And so his class was like three weeks long and it ended with a show at there. And then, um, and then my very first open mic open mic was at The Laughing Bean on Santa Fe. But my first ones that like you, you may have heard of, like I did a 404 um and uh squire was one of my first ones too yep i heard i've heard just the, the squire seems to be the legendary open it is for, yeah yeah like how do you recreate the squire it was just something of its time man it was back when you could just be really mean you know <laughs> i've heard i've heard stories where it's like damn and you could get away with it yeah it wasn't it wasn't as much of a a PC cancel culture type of thing where oh for sure not yeah you yeah the you know it was the time of the time of the hipsters <laughs> it was <laughs> and where it was just like really judgmental loud crowds but if you went up there and started to crush and got the bar on your side man there was no better feeling than that because yeah it was just undeniable at that point if you could get that, get that crowd who w- had no problem talking at full voice during people's sets and they would go you know three or four comics where none of them could even get the crowd to turn around but then someone would get up there you know adam kate and holland would get up there 
oh man, I remember one time he got up there and just started speaking Spanish and started like just these full, complete, fluid Spanish and like yelling and the crowd started listening to him and then he just crushed the rest of the fucking time. It was, it was pretty awesome. Like, or talent would get up there and just fucking crush Walker, Troy Walker. Yeah, it was. It seems like a room that you had to, you had to be in the moment right there. You can't do like a a scripted like this. So about this thing and the other thing. Yeah, they could sniff, they could sniff that out a little bit for sure. But if it was, but if it was good, then they then they would come around. It was yeah, it was all in the delivery. You definitely couldn't you definitely couldn't phone it in. Like you had to you had to be there, and you also had to be ready to like go after people and yeah, change you know. A, a good it's like the punch. It's like that punching bag with six arms kind of thing. Oh yeah yeah yeah. As far <laughs> yeah. as the gym, it's like this totally. isn't fair. But if I get good yeah. at hitting this thing, yeah exactly. Yeah, so that was. That was a good time, man. That was right when I started. What? What? I I remember hearing D. Kelly was telling me about how like Nathan Lund early Squire days, like he was way funnier when he was hammered all the time, which is <laughs> <laughs> yeah a story uh, I've heard about a many people where it's like I was so funny when I was hammered all the time. Yeah, I mean, I was I was hammered too. So who who fucking knows? <laughs> how because much it was years back then. It was too well. It was Tuesday night, so you already you already had your comedy work set, and you already had your your drinks at Comedy Works, and then there was a gap of like an hour and a half where you'd go out. We'd go to Old Chicago down on Market Street a lot and just shoot the shit and you know get food, and then you'd go to the Squire and it would start at like eleven forty five midnight. So yeah, it was. <laughs> It was late in everybody's fucking night by the time that the squire started. So yeah, we were we were all fucked up. But <laughs> the way Nathan London and I met, though, I think is pretty funny because we we met at the squire, and <laughs> I went after him for for heckling, <laughs> and I didn't know who he was. I had no idea that he was even a comedian. I thought he was just some drunk guy. And I saw him like talking to through other people said, and oh man, I think he remembers a story better than I do, but <laughs> I fucking went after him. And then it was fucking Nathan Lund. And did you have that awkward thing where it's like, Hey, like you're in a show together. Like, Hey, yeah, I think on? it was, I think it was awkward for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the best first impression to make to come in. Like fucking, you know, yelling at people for, for heckling you fucking stink yeah are you when i didn't know show? shit about shit i mean it was one of my first open mics but then he and i one of the first times i ever went on a road gig was with him we went down to montrose and uh, nice. we had like a two-nighter or something like that i think i think i have a bad memory but uh <laughs> but we we drove down together there and, and had a really good time and bonded over listening to weezer and stuff and he's he's a really awesome man no, oh, yeah, a really awesome guy. Like, I'm always happy when he's on, when I see he's on shows and stuff. He's so chill now. He's he's ascended to the weed late Nathan Lund. Where totally, man. Yeah, he's yeah, he's definitely got he's definitely got that Buddha vibe of just like he's mm-hmm. a, he's content with you know not he he's always on top of it and and one of the funniest guys in the room, but he's not you know on, and he's chill and he's kind. Totally, 
yeah i didn't his laugh his laugh is always the best to hear it shows too it's very like oh yeah he, he laughs he laughs at everything and he's a great laugher so it's, it's the exact laugh you'd want at a yeah. club yeah totally yeah. How, how have you dealt how do you usually deal with a laugh that's ridiculous <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know because i guess it's like you know i situation, think situation you have to i think no matter what you have to make it a, a positive characteristic that they have and you have to say that you love it yeah even when you're calling it out because i've I feel like it's so easy to, to cross a line. If, if other people ever feel like you're going after somebody and like punching down and taking a low blow and calling their laugh stupid or something like that, anything that would make them self-conscious, it makes the audience self-conscious for that person. So I would, I would always like stay positive with it. Like that fucking laugh. It's great. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Music to my ears. I watched Sam <laughs> last week. <laughs> he, he just, this guy's laughing like, huh, 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 like that. And he's yeah. like, is someone drowning a duck in here? <laughs> if you can, if you can find the right analogy, then yeah. it, that's fucking perfect. <laughs> Sam, Sam went off on uh, Caldwell too, at one of the, at the last high planes that actually happened yep. a couple years ago. Yeah, at the Lions Lair or uh, Three Kings. Caldwell was in the front row and Sam did a hilarious like seven minute riff on his laugh. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it could definitely be done. Yeah, I and I, yeah, I, I've learned. Yeah, because you don't want to be caught making fun of someone like, oh, that's your highest form of joy. That stinks. Yeah. You don't wanna... <laughs> yeah. 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 That's no good. Yeah. yeah. Your joy is off putting. <laughs> go back to being sad yeah <laughs> yeah have you ever have you ever like gone after somebody oh hey buddy hey quite an inch it's have you ever gone after anybody like too hard at a oh, show yeah. like a heckler or something and the crowd turns on you yep oh plenty yeah i, I learned yeah. early on that luckily early on that if i get angry the funny is over it's, yeah yep and it's and it's very difficult to get back, mm-hmm. no matter no matter how much they liked you. Because you can't go. My, like, Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My go-to story for that is I was at Looney's, and this drunk lady. I had like two good interactions with her, and then she just kept going. And then I asked her kind of nicely with a smile on my face to you know uh, be quiet. And then she stepped on one of my punchlines and the, and the joke fell flat. And I was like, ah, can you just shut up? Like, I just want to f- fucking kill you right now. Shut up. <laughs> and you, I, it was, I could almost literally feel it. Yeah. Just the suction, just, and people just like sat up and I was like, oh, that I knew right away. It was a mistake. Yeah. And I was like, you know, just be quiet. We're having a good time. And then I tell my next joke and it doesn't work. And I go, was I a little too hard on her? And the people in the crowd literally just went like, like nodded yes. I was like, cool. Stand up's cool, cool, pretty cool. crazy like that too. And you're directing energy of a room. And if it goes negative yeah. in any direction, it's like it's like someone falls off a, a bridge or something. It's crazy. Totally. They'll they'll read the they'll people are perceptive. 
they'll read they'll read your anger too even if you're trying to cover it up a little bit so now since then i would say i'm the most like mellow on stage like i don't i don't care if people heckle whatsoever to be honest with you i'll do a little you know tit for tat you know canned line or whatever and if they keep going then i'll just plow through my set because Mm -hmm. you learn that it's not as distracting to other people as it is to you you know totally yeah people in the crowd aren't aren't as focused on them as you are and if you stop to focus on them then you're just pulling energy away from your set when you could just be entertaining everybody else yeah i remember i got heckled on my semifinals of new faces at the oh, end of that's set. a rough time to get heckled and I, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and I wanted to i wanted to just throw away but i'm like already halfway through the setup of my final joke yeah and it's just it just petered out into i was like all right good night yeah you, you <laughs> oh, next that sucks. <laughs> that's one of those things too because there's always comics in the back row uh watching you know the contest sets and they kind of get the stakes and everything so when someone does get heckled you feel that suction in the back row a little bit of all the comics being like oh no, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what number did you get i'm first <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good luck <laughs> yeah yeah minimize contact walk away <laughs> man oh, i i that I is miss that cool. shit. it's so i'm i miss going to comedy works tuesday nights and just seeing the hustle and bustle of the goblins of that are around Denver. Totally. And it'll be interesting to see what it's like when it comes back, because it won't be able to have the same just come and go as you please atmosphere. Like I almost, my intuition is if it comes back, it would have to be one of those things where you can't come down unless you're scheduled to be on the show because we can't have 20 extra people milling around, hoping they get on on standby Right. In, in this small little space during, you know, a pandemic. Yeah. Is it post pandemic though? Like, let's say you can go back to being shoulder to shoulder in a bar. Is it going to go back to that? You think? Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. Yeah. I think, cause I think that's part of it. It is. It's yeah. the mingle. It's the mingle for sure. Oh man. I miss it so much. I haven't thought about it in a while. I kind of mm-hmm. put it, put it in the side of my mind. I talked to keep up with a uh, Roger and, uh, I mean, we're ready to go whenever things get back. Yeah. Are people still yeah. calling in for the phone lines? No, that's everybody should be on the Comedy Works new talent night page now and make a profile because it's not going to be signups over voicemail anymore. It's going to be yeah. sign up online. That was a crazy system Deacon put into place that someone just could adopt. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. it's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> yeah. And Roger, yeah. Roger with a full-time job and, you know, a wife at home and all that stuff was going through damn however many hundreds of voicemails that's insane yeah so i'm exactly. i'm happy for him mostly because he was he was taking the brunt of that and i'm sure people what i loved is i remember coming down to like to uh, for like a meeting and wendy was nice enough to come in and like talk to all the comics and there was some douche who was just like he's like i'm still a c-set why am i still a <laughs> yeah, c-set yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's like an orange dude in his 60s yeah yeah crying. yeah god we got yeah we got a handful of those that was just like i was i was like how can we use the pandemic to like make it harder for those people to come around you really just have to keep it open in the spirit of you know new talent night because i think that's kind of what deacon created it was it was you know anybody and everybody 
could get their could get their shot if they were just willing to you know do the bullshit you know mm-hmm. sign up nine weeks in a row or whatever oh man it's just the entitlement of like i can't i cannot imagine yelling at wendy as a c-list comic <laughs> yeah <laughs> why am i not on the marquee what's going on yeah or people yeah it's it's amazing like the lack of self-awareness that a lot of comics have or a lot of wannabe comics it's just like the i don't know because i always erred on the side of i suck and i think that's the side to err on even even if you start having any sort of success like like err on that side of things because it's just so easy to make an ass out of yourself and like yeah man the delusion too where it's like because you you need just a sprinkle of delusion right you you don't want too much yeah and and or like another thing i i started seeing is like if i would get into arguments about anything with comics and they'd start throwing their credits in the middle of like an (laughs) argument about something as if that like lended some sort of credibility to the the point that they were making that that's hilarious to me too (laughs) it's like why fucking headlined fucking go bananas in cincinnati last month what were you doing it's like what does that have to do with whether we should reopen indoor shows or not (laughs) like what are you talking about you pay for the rent (laughs) i was on limestone comedy festival (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, like don't throw don't throw your laughing skull fucking credits at me pal (laughs) i love putting those credits up like because i I run a bunch of shows up north and near fort Collins, and i love grabbing like people's credits and like some people are like you know, uh, Laughing Skull, the 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 Boot Barn Comedy Festival, just a bunch yeah. of random, yeah, yeah, crazy names. Yeah, I never hopped on the festival train too much. I don't no. know. Can can you avoid the? Is the festival train not important? I mean, who? I think I think people who do festivals do them because festivals are fun to do, and they enjoy the camaraderie, and then they enjoy seeing a new city and doing comedy in a different city and having the experience, but like getting a gift bag too. Hey, Oh, you know, getting a gift bag, <laughs> but I don't think I, unless it's the Montreal or something, even, even people come back from the Montreal comedy festival and are like, well, that was a fucking waste of time. Yeah. I just don't think festivals, I, there is no way to get famous anymore. Like you just, you literally <laughs> build your own podcast and you know, I don't, I don't, who Just, fucking knows, man. Who it's knows? Not, it ain't festivals though. It, and it hasn't been for years. I don't yeah. think it seems you like there's win. no gatekeepers. No. Yeah. You can't, you can't win a festival and have it mean much other than you won that festival. And you know, that's yeah. awesome. Whatever prize money that came with that. I would want to win comedy works over almost anything. I would rather win, win the comedy works new faces contest than like get passed at the comedy store, especially now. But like, you know, yeah like when i think about it it's like all those things might get you something but to get past at comedy works means you get to work at comedy works yeah and you know what's crazy about winning the contest is that doesn't even guarantee you a spot of promotion so it's 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 Damn. another one of those things that's really really fun to win and what's great about winning the comedy works contest is you won a months long comedy contest against you know 400 other people or whatever like yeah it's ridiculous yeah. winning winning any part of that co- contest too makes like I mean, especially when i got to move on i was just like oh i can do this oh 
because you have yeah. no idea you can do it when you're working out in bars and yeah and i think and i think as far as contests go a lot of people you know don't think there should be contests in comedy and it shouldn't be a ranked thing and you shouldn't you know uh put too much on contests but i think the way that deacon set it up was as fair as a contest could be you know yeah. you're getting you know, judged from audience members on several different categories. You have several different opportunities to impress the crowd with a certain set of comedy skills. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a great, great contest. I, it's great if you want. I can't imagine, like, I like the contest. I think a lot of people don't like the idea, like, like being competitive, but I think stand-up is very competitive. Yeah, it is. It's super because, like, I think when someone crushes before you, you have to raise up to their bar, or else it's like, yikes! Yeah, you're gonna eat it. Yeah, and also, I guess, honestly, on the other side of it too, like, it also doesn't fucking matter. Like, as as, yeah. as shows start to stack up, I think putting too much on any one show is a bad thing, and I think that's something I I did a lot of times coming up and it's and it restricts you creatively i think my favorite comedians to watch are the ones that are the most dynamic are ones that don't take that one set and go i got a crush or whatever they they do what they need to do artistically or creatively to fulfill them and advance themselves and like some of my favorite headliners i've seen at comedy works did not try like and they did not have great sets, but creatively it was really interesting and hmm. informative to watch them work. I'm trying to think of Bill Burr came through one time at Down club and you could tell a large part of his set was some shit that he couldn't figure out. It was bits that didn't work and were long yeah. and he, and he strung a couple of them together and he was completely fucking unfazed by it. But the, you could see the crowd get restless at points and stuff like that. And then, you know, four months later, I see those same jokes, but different on one of his specials where they were all tightened up and tuned in and they fucking crushed. And you're like, oh, he fucking figured that shit out. But wow. along the way, he had, you know, a shitty set in Denver, you know? Yeah, that uncomfortable. Because when you go to Comedy Works, you want to be like, oh, I want to crush. But I get yeah. to, to the idea of walking in there being like i need i need to fall on the sword tonight a little bit that's yeah that's interesting i want to i want to be able to be okay with not doing well at comedy works because i think that's where i want to grow as a comedian is to take more risks as opposed to fucking hit the home run but it's not but it's you know the tried and true the a material you know what i mean I yeah. think it, I think it becomes important to like weigh through the shit and like find something like more authentic that can work. I don't know. Maybe I'm. No, that sounds freeing. I'm more, like way more freeing than totally. the other, other model of going like it's hard and fast. So this is the joke goes after this one, after this one, after this one done. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, have you ever seen like a, a, like a famous headliner, like not do well or oh, like yeah. bomb or anything like that? Yeah um it can be it can be pretty awesome because the way that they don't give a fuck it really puts things in perspective like uh -huh. 
Yeah. Well, part of me wants to think that it's like, well, I got 12 more dates lined up kind of thing, but that's also just, <laughs> yeah, that's true and too. Years and years and th- of doing it. Yeah. And their bubbles a lot bigger. I mean, comedy works is a great club to them, but it's not the, the Mecca necessarily yeah. like it is for us for a lot yeah. of them. It is they, because it is a, an amazing standalone club, even for people who have never been to Denver before. Right. But for us, it's like, you know, our, our mecca. Yeah. It's it our is, mecca. It's our mecca. <laughs> it's our freaking mecca, man. Man. Yeah. I wonder how comedy will be different when things come back. Like, I wonder if people will laugh at different things or if it will go through a period of like darker comedy. Comedians are hit the worst by the pandemic, but I feel like comedians and other artists have been hit a lot harder by the pandemic than the audience that would normally come to see a comedy show on like a weekend night. So as our jokes get darker and about our dark times and like surviving the pandemic and, you know, having our dreams crushed and questioning everything, there's a bit of a disconnect with our experience and the experience of the people that we're doing these jokes in front of. Cause wow. the couple times that I've done comedy when we were at the, at the comedy lounge yeah. and I was kind of doing some darker stuff, I could kind of see the look on their faces. Like, well, I'm, you know, I'm a software engineer and was working from home anyway. And I got two promotions during the pandemic. You can just tell that they were like, like, are you okay, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you're a rabid dog up there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, A rabid dog who like hasn't had human contact in like yeah. months and doesn't know how yeah. to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. The first show you're like white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. That, there was, <laughs> I was, my white privilege fucking yeah bullshit <laughs> no, I, I think that's true because i think it's gonna free people up to be like listen i haven't done this forever i don't give a shit i'm gonna say whatever i want kind of thing maybe yeah. from a lot of people and also just like there it's a reflect i think the arts are always a reflection of what's going on in the culture so yeah if, if it but is like be what, but the artist producing that art might be a little disconnected from the people who can afford to like come and see it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're, we're just, we're talking about, you know, you know, being at the be bottom and they're wobbly. still fine. Isn't yeah. it going to be wobbly? It'll be wobbly at first. Cause I feel like it's a conversation you have all the time with groups of people and we haven't had that conversation in forever. Totally. So like maybe people have changed to a point where it's like, well, who are we? What's going on here? Yeah, there haven't been like a million little conversations where people kind of come to any sort of like common understanding of reality and stuff like that. We're all like in our own little bubbles and poking our head out. Yeah. Yeah. But I think from my experience from doing shows during a pandemic, it's like, I feel like the crowds are crazy into it. Like they're so excited to be there. Totally. Have you been doing yours? Have you been coming down to Denver? Are you doing a lot of up north? uh i i mean realistically i do like maybe two shows a month right now (laughs) kind of thing and i did a bunch in september when like when you could go out and do stuff i was going all over colorado in like fall but yeah i mean right now there's i think we're just starting to have shows come back where it's like okay here we go yeah every have you done have you done the fort yet uh i did a little bit i i did like a a a pre pre pre-release show yeah, and I did like two nice. minutes on stage. They're like, if it, who wants to go up and do it? I'm like, oh, yeah. And it's yeah. Dude, the comedy for it is going to be, I mean, it, it already is awesome. Like sh- shows are sold out like that's a month in advance. That's amazing. Yeah. 
that's good. It's good to see things starting to open up again. I have a show up in Greeley on the 19th at like Moxie? the Millennium Event Center. No, at the Millennium. Oh. It's a DM Slate. Mm-hmm. What was her club called that was in Greeley? Um, the Underground. Or... Comedy Underground something. The Whiskey. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, they used to. I mean, they used to have Outriders. that underground club. Outriders? No. Oh. The Down Under. The Down Under. Yeah, that's right. The down Under. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but I guess fun. she's producing shows. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Um, I got um, the Denver Comedy Lounge on Sunday for Valentine's Day. I'm hosting that show. Oh, cool, dude. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, if, if, uh, what's your take on Valentine's shows? Are they a plus or a minus? Um, I mean, Halloween they're a plus. shows suck. Yeah, Halloween shows suck. <laughs> yeah, from what I've experienced. Because everybody's just blackout fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Going way extra. Yeah, you're dressed normal on a stage while everyone else is dressed like a jackass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people and people get extra hammered on. Yeah. Um, no, I like I like Valentine's Day shows. I mean, it's a it's a good date thing. Live comedy is a good date thing. Totally. Uh, Does your lady get, get upset about you performing on nights like that? <laughs> no, she's <laughs> she, even before I had that show book, she made a plan to go up to like the mountains with her friends, like they're Perfect. going to Aspen or some shit. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, that's fine. Cool, dude. We are, yeah, we are we are of the opinion that that every every holiday is a, is manufactured, you know, by you know capitalism and we just don't buy into any of it and Man. we and we and we live that way too we don't we don't pretend that any of that shit matters that's freeing that's pretty freeing yeah it's fucking great man like being compelled to be anything at any point is really off-putting to me so that's old news that's old that's old world shit yeah 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 totally with the it's internet fucking... yeah yeah i'd rather just get drunk on a monday for no reason you know <laughs> yeah so you got the denver comedy lounge coming up you're coming up to really dude Greeley doesn't give a fuck about covid they have not that's the other thing about crowds too is that they probably skew more conservative because they're less less likely to be serious about covid implications right yeah a little bit more gung-ho not in the denver crowds though no did you feel like they were conservative at that one show no but i think that's because we're in the heart of denver so you're just yeah yeah and it, those are just, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I guess liberals are being hypocritical fucks. <laughs> at least, at least the fucking conservatives aren't hypocrites about it. They're like, yeah, fucking, we're going out. Fuck it. Yeah, liberals at least are like, they're doing stay it. at home. But this maybe this one time. <laughs> but it's been a long time since they've had a sake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, and I'm a fucking hypocrite too. You know what I mean? But oh yeah. At at this point, I'd I'd rather be a hypocrite and do a show than fucking not be a hypocrite and not do a show. Right. Yeah. What What do you think, conservative? Do you have any conservative pandering you do on stage? If it's a conservative crowd. No, I do my, I try to prove them through my own examples of why white privilege is real through my own white privilege experience. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I always did well in small town shows, but that's because I just never got political and I was doing simple, you know, you ever get yeah. fucking drunk and fuck like this, you know, it's not, a, not real. 
it's not going to split a crowd. <laughs> you know? I want to go to a really red state like Wyoming, and it's like I don't know about you guys, but I didn't get tread on today or some shit. <laughs> and, like, just cowboy boots flying in the air, <laughs> dude. I mean, I it's it's scary. It makes it it makes me have even more respect for Bill Hicks and his comedy to know that he was his tours were through the fucking South, and he was advocating for abortion and you know, making fun of religion in the, in the fucking nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's insane. Going through the South talking about how Christmas isn't real and like, give me the devil worshiping parents down the road with the good albums. Yeah. Like, yeah. He goes into the the audacity to go into a room that all these people paid money to go see you. And you go like, here's why you're all fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that would, I think it would probably be more dangerous to do that now. I think we're more dangerously divided now politically than, than yeah. we were then, even though th- there were just a lot more Republicans and like conservative Christians back then. So they probably felt a lot more comfortable in their own skin and less attacked and all that kind of stuff so that they could just kind of, you know, laugh off this fucking sissy liberal, you know, yeah. coming through. I think now people, I think when I go do small town shows, people can project on me whatever they want. They, they, if they want, they can see uh, like a conservative, like white dude, yeah. you know? Yeah. You and I can, can hide through the, the ranks pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, until they see your fucking teeth clench when they start, you know, shitting on black lives matter or something like that. Yeah. That like, happened what? the other day. This, this guy wandered by this old guy that stops and talks to me sometimes and we always get along. And then he brought up something about that bullshit Black Lives Matter. And he could just see my like jaw clench. And just like, that's, I'm not, not the guy. I'm not, yeah. not on your team like that, bro. Yeah. Sorry. And that's, that's funny when someone drops it on you, they think they can trust you. Like, yeah. So anyway. And, uh... and yeah. And that's how I also know that racism and shit like that still exists because I'm one of those people that, that like people, you know can test the waters with and see if i'm like one of them yeah yeah i am i am not i am a ble- i am my heart bleeds so bleedy yeah. <laughs> i'm such a bleeding heart liberal i remember uh right before we go uh, one more story i remember i had a, a co-worker who was older in this old job i had like older dude and like i don't know why but anytime he ever talked about another race he would say it under his breath like yeah he's a black guy you know like like, what yeah (laughs) you can say it yeah Yeah. that's that's way that's way worse than saying it at full volume or twice volume (laughs) i'd rather i'd prefer someone like i know a black guy this black guy (laughs) (laughs) you're excited about it well hey man thanks for doing the podcast uh and i hope to see you soon take care yeah thanks uh thanks for having me luke good to see you dude